For my 32nd birthday week, I decided to explore some of my favorite 32nd issues of comics, and that led me back to the Jonathan Hickman-written Avengers number 32. I wasn't planning on the next episode of Kraken Krakoa centered around Hickman's Avengers, but this issue in the Infinite Avengers storyline is particularly compelling in connection with Hickman's X-Men and the structure and approach to future timelines. Hickman's Marvel Universe, dating back to 2008, is uniquely interconnected, and it's useful to consider lessons from his previous work that carry forward into X-Men. Today I'll answer how an Avengers future is both different and nearly identical to a mutant future, how time travel works in the Marvel Universe of writer Jonathan Hickman, and some theories about the way time travel will play a role in X-Men moving forward. Welcome to Kraken Krakoa number 51, what Avengers time travel tells us about 2020 X-Men. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of comicbookherald.com. If you like the CBH YouTube channel or podcast, please consider liking, subscribing, and sharing. Links to CBH channels and Patreon support are included in the show notes. You can find full X-Men reading orders over on comicbookherald.com. Spoilers for Discuss Comics may follow. The setup for Infinite Avengers, the story within Avengers number 29-34, is that the fallout from Original Sin restores Captain America's memories of the events in New Avengers number 1-3, to number three, in which he briefly worked with the Illuminati, used an Infinity Gauntlet to prevent a planetary incursion, shattered all the gems, and shortly had his memories wiped by Doctor Strange so the Illuminati could carry on without him. His rage at Tony Stark and his betrayal is intercepted by the reemergence of the Time Gem, which flings Cap and the Avengers further and further into the future with a mind of its own. Avengers number 32 picks up 5,000 into the future, after time jumps of 48 years, 422, and now 5,045. It's the most calming jump into the future because Cap, Black Widow, and Starbrand are met by a friendly face, Franklin Richards. It's an excellent callback to developments to Hickman's own work in the pages of Fantastic Four, with adult bearded and ponytailed Franklin awaiting the Avengers and telling them, I can't die, an idea that's also nicely solidified in the history of the Marvel Universe. Certain details of the story gain new resonance in the wake of Hickman's X-Men, augmented by the artistic contributions of X-Men collaborator Lionel Francis Hugh, who also does the art here in Avengers, such as Franklin's Serene Garden Home, the Strange Garden Pot Egg Food Starbrand snacks on, and an overall, is this Krakoa? aesthetic only undercut in the issue's final Groot reveal, although it's conceivable that Franklin simply found a way to bring Groot and Krakoa together, which would be pretty exciting in X-Men. There's also a core portion of issue number 32 centered on a literal Avengers world. The prevailing lesson for Captain America throughout Infinite Avengers is that the Avengers manifest in every future timeline, although their purpose, role, and very essence may change nearly beyond comprehension. 5,045 years into the future, the Avengers' peacekeeping duties are planetary in scope. Credit here too to you and Alangulon, Jerry Alangulon, the Inker, for some breathtaking cosmic views. Hickman's favorite ideas tend to resurface, and that's no exception so far in X-Men. Hickman brings Avengers World back in Moira's lifelines, although rather than defenders of post-humans 5,000 years into the future, here they're simply defeated by mutant kind in year 46 of Moira's ninth life, i.e. the Apocalypse timeline. In the pages of Avengers, Avengers World allies with the Imperial Academy, Universal House of the Inhumans, and the Atemporal Architects of S.H.I.E.L.D., distinctly and deliberately avoiding mention of mutants. Given that this wasn't yet Hickman's terrain in 2014, this doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it's still intriguing intriguing in hindsight. Given Franklin's central role in the state of Krakoa as the only human aligned to Omega-level mutant at the start of House of X, and the catalyst for X-Men Fantastic Four, his role in this Avengers narrative is given extra weight. Likewise, the dense nature of Avengers number 32 and the infinite Avengers arc it's very rereadable, and now this portion of the Hickman Avengers is approximately 10 to the power of X times more fascinating in the wake of Hickman's most recent work in Hawks and Pox. Hickman's fascination with Franklin as the immortal future man makes any appearance of his future self especially noteworthy. So while, yes, Hickman was in the middle of Avengers story when Franklin showed up in Infinite Avengers, I continue to find the complete absence of mutants mentioned by Franklin, again, 
one himself, either a mistake or a clue. Big Boy Frankie espouses the virtues of a borderless human ideology, although knowing he's a mutant, it's odd, in retrospect only, that he makes no mention of this. Mutant kind is, I like to assume deliberately, completely left out of the Avengers World Alliance, which I mentioned previously. As a result, I think it's reasonable to note Hickman's vision for the Avengers and the X-Men are parallel time streams, if not incompatible, certainly not intersecting. We'll get to this, but my read on the Avengers futures is there are possible time streams for man and possible time streams for mutants, just as there are machines weaving throughout all of them. This is the Avengers future, so the machine component of futures is based around Ultron instead of Sentinels, but the general framework is actually very similar to Powers of Ten. Much like X-Men Year 100, the second Avengers future is very much man vs. machine, with Cap and company winding up on planet Ultron, with evolved AI very much in control. Speaking of Ultron, that specific threat may well have been symbolically replaced by Nimrod in our Krakoa era timeline, but it's still a Marvel Universe threat to account for. Given the themes of mutant vs. man vs. machine throughout the X-Men futures, it's an intriguing game to consider villains or concepts traditionally outside the scope of mutant kind that fit into the threat of exponentially dangerous AI and post-human advances that threaten mutant survival. Ultron is certainly the most famous in the mix, but related characters who could play a significant, significant role include everyone from Vision to Machine Man to Awesome Andy. Okay, maybe not Awesome Andy. Even so, Hickman's Avengers future definitely carries forward into his vision of threats facing the X-Men and their futures. 5,000 years into the future, we see genetically engineered colliers, and each person biologically linked to the mining machines, the lifeblood of the human android economy. Given the clear significance of genetically engineered chimeras via Mr. Sinister, or post-humans via Moira's sixth life, all these concepts are returning to play during the Krakoa era of X-Men. I suppose you could criticize this as repetitive science fiction, although for my part I appreciate the connectivity and consistency. Avengers number 32, in particular, also offers a very important glimpse into how Hickman views the nature of time in his Marvel Universe. Cap functions as a stand-in for a pretty common viewing on visions of the future. Cap sees Franklin thousands of years into the future, and presumes that this means that future is an outcome that will happen, or at least that there will be a future. Franklin, clearly banging his head against a wall, explains that Cap's understanding of time is, frankly, all wrong. Here's a full quote which made approximately no sense to me in the moment, and still generally flies way over my head, but at least clearly connects to X-Men comics. Much like society is an organism composed of humans, and the universe is one composed of societies, space-time is an organism made up of universes. It exists and evolves just like we do, like any living thing does in response to our environment. Space-time is an organism made up of universes. This sci-fi theory comes to fruition in Hickman's exploration of dominions and the types of galactic societies in Powers of Ten. In fact, the universal types of societies explanation is basically the annotated guide to exactly what Franklin's trying to explain to Captain America in Avengers. He really should have just handed him copies of Powers. Universal societies make up space-time, and in fact, beginning with societal intelligence on the scale of a titan, the intelligence has collapsed space-time into a singularity, something we're going to come back to shortly. While a lot of this is a real head-scratcher, the big takeaway is that the X-Men and Avengers futures are playing by the same governing principles. This reading on the nature of time also marks an advance, or at least a modification, on Hickman's own explanations via Nathaniel Richards in FF. Through Hickman's fantastic forerun, Nathaniel is careful to remind Valeria that certain universal constants are a given even in fluid and evolving space-time, and that some events are unavoidable. All they can do is change circumstances around the event. If this holds true, it really makes me wonder what events in this Avengers future will hold true for the impending mutant future, and how might the factions react to them differently. 
The subsequent time jump connects heavily to Powers of Ten's futures as well. Right off the bat, the Tower of the World Core Captain America visits in the most distant future brings to mind the recurring tower in X-Men. Likewise, the evolved AI of this distant future is deeply similar to the phalanx ascending post-humans in Moira McTaggart's sixth life. They voice what in many ways appears to be the deepest desire of the humans in X-Men Year 1000. Now we are free from long-gone human restrictions. Now we exist as a perfect idea. You understand such a thing? Ideology made action. In two separate distinct futures, humanity's quest for perfection results in a hive mind collection absorption into something akin to a broader intelligence. Because we've only seen the humans ascend, a question this leaves me with is what the mutant version of ideology made action would look like. We've never really seen this because as Moira famously puts it, we always lose. Perhaps this is the secret that has Moira so scared of precognitive mutants like Destiny. Her vision for mutant survival may mean the dissolution of everything that mutants evolved so wholly individually. A few interesting developments come from the World Corps' brief history shared with Captain America. The first is Hickman's general obsession with various singularity. They grew from the rotting husk of the Ultron singularity. Again, in the World Corps' explanation of time travel to the past, traveling to the past requires a supermassive singularity strong enough to bend space-time. Again, I don't think I'm reading too much into things to think that the repetitive use here of singularity is somewhat meaningful. This brings to mind Zorn, Rasputin, and Omega Sentinel's Black Hole from Powers of Ten. I've theorized previously that we haven't seen the last of these Powers of Ten players, and I can't help but believe Hickman's own previous use of a supermassive singularity that can bend space-time is going to re-emerge here to bring these characters back into our X-Men narrative. I won't pretend to understand the science of singularities in earnest. I just read a few articles on scientific journal sites, and I think one of my eyes can see gravity now? But if the end result is a means to travel across Moira's lifelines, again, not time travel, not necessarily travel across the Marvel multiverse, something else entirely, something else way outside the, the defined laws of physics, I certainly buy in to this as a use to traverse Moira's lifelines. Arguably the coolest aspect of the Avengers World Core future, though, is their war fought throughout space and time. In order to achieve perfection, we created protocols to reimagine our creation a plan to correct future errors before they occurred. Doesn't this time travel approach to mutant survival sound like the sort of thing that might deeply appeal to Myra and Krakoa? We already know from House of X that Myra and Charles Xavier set up protocols to catch the potential build of a Nimrod, so why not protocols to predict and prevent future errors, quote-unquote, before they occur in the same way? Likewise, Hickman has fun with the Marvel Universe in the final Infinity Future, corralling Iron Lad, Kang the Conqueror, and Immortus together as the last Avengers of Mankind. I'd really love to see the X-Men's version of this and the tri time travelers who could be involved. We don't really have a sense of time traveling mutants to date and their role in this narrative. Time traveling X-Men or adjacent characters who could play a similar role include, and, and keep in mind there are many, many more here, Cable. He even has a house at the end of time as revealed in a recent Deadpool arc written by writer Jerry Duggan. Of course, Bishop, here featured on a Cable cover, could play a major role. The return of Nimrod could definitely play a role in time travel, and again, we didn't actually see him die in Moira's ninth lifeline. Could he have perhaps survived as well? Or even something as awesome as Venom the End version of Venom. I would highly recommend everybody check out Venom the End. It is 
surprisingly, I think, first off, great, but also fascinatingly connected to, like, mutants and the world of X-Men. Uh, Venom begins hosting with all sorts of mutant DNA in creating combos like using Tempest, Eva Bell, for, uh, you know, like some sort of limited time travel capabilities. It is a highly recommended read that I may perhaps have to work into a deeper dive at some point in time. Plus, what is future Franklin's role in the growth of Krakoa? He's here waiting for Cap in the Avengers future, but surely he would now have a role in sustaining a future for mutant kind. It seems like future man Franklin would have some thoughts on Krakoa. Big picture, I suspect the role of time travel and mutants with powers related to traversing space-time will play a substantial role in this story by the time all is said and done. I'm still generally unclear why Myra McTaggart is quite so up in arms about precognitive mutants, but with minimal qualms about known time travelers. If visions of the future worry her, why don't trips to the future? Likewise, it's not like the X-Men, here's looking at you, Beast, and Age of Ultron, Wolverine, have been particularly careful about messing with time travel and the time stream. If all that careless action is coming home to roost, it could also seemingly interfere with Krakoan Triumvirate's best laid plans. This seems like the sort of thing they would want to pay attention to. One major question that remains for me. Does Secret Wars, 2015 version, and the end of everything signify the end of Hickman's Avengers future and the start of mutant futures? I still have a fair amount of questions about the build and aftermath of the 2015 event. What is remembered? What remains? What futures, what worlds, what timelines from pre-Secret Wars are still out there? I have to admit, I don't totally have a great sense of how that all connects here to where we are with X-Men. Something to consider as we move forward into exploring the Krakoa era of X-Men. Next time, what would you like to see covered? I have the following topics queued up for coverage on Crack and Krakoa. And if you have thoughts, please share them in the comments or uh, you can find me anywhere at Comic Book Herald Online. My queued up topics that I'm considering, the Mike Carey X-Men run and its influence on the Krakoa era, Omega Level Mutants Explored, Sinister Secrets Part 2, and X-Men and Limbo, a deep dive exploration of Limbo and the role it might have in the Ten of Swords event and of course has had with mutant kind throughout history. Quick thanks to patrons. Thank you, everybody, over at patreon.com slash for your support making Comic Book Herald and content like this possible. I want to thank, in particular, the Mysterious Benefactors tier, those who are supporting at the Mysterious Benefactor level over on patreon.com slash Thank you, Eric Hodges, Jeff Zacharias, Trey Conrad, Jesse W., Slatron, Robert Mickelson, Professor Pride, and Steve Brennan. Again, I'm Dave Busing. You can find me at comicbookherald.com, at comicbookherald anywhere online. Look for the best comics ever and my Marvelous Year podcast. And as always, please like, subscribe, and share to the Comic Book Herald YouTube channel here or to the pods. Um, if you have thoughts and theories, which I am getting tons of and love seeing in the comments, please do share, and I will respond to as many as I can. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And as always, I hope you will enjoy the comics. 